Welcome to the Mom to Mom podcast. Our hope is that this monthly podcast will provide both encouragement and practical help as you move forward in raising the next righteous generation. Thank you so much for listening. This is Jen Andrew, and I'm the Mom to Mom coordinator at Orange Crest Community Church, and I'm so excited to introduce our speaker as she's a dear friend and has had impact in my life personally. Colleen and I met about four years ago through a school our children attended together, and I was automatically drawn to her. She exuded such joy and was full of peace. I later found out that she'd been going through some major health battles, which she will share in the podcast. This recording is actually from an event about two years ago that our church held for our women's ministry, but I felt it was such a blessing after re-listening to it that I wanted to make it available. I have personally struggled through chronic pain for the past 15 years, and I know what it is like to deal with a heavy burden on a consistent basis. The fear, limitations, emotional stress, and physical pain, just to name a few. Colleen has encouraged me in some of my darkest moments with her sweet messages, prayers, and God-given talents in writing. We have such an opportunity as mothers to paint a picture for our children of how sweet a relationship with Jesus can be. Colleen has done this by creating a legacy of faith for her son as she trusts God and faithfully follows him in the hardest moments of her life. As she's now facing a terminal diagnosis, she continues to point others to Jesus and be a blessing to her family, friends, and even strangers. I pray you will be blessed by her words the way that I have been. Once upon a time, I was 18 years old, and I was a dreamer. Like, I spent my childhood and teenage years, and I was ambitious. I was a woman on fire, and I had plans. And at that age, I felt like I had the skill set to go along with it, right? Um, like, we all did at 18. So I loved speaking and singing, and I loved crowds, center stage. That was my jam. I loved it. Um, any way I had, like any opportunity I had to share Jesus, because I love um, I love my Lord, and back then I had just this beautiful love for Jesus, a simple one, and for people, and I just felt like I had it together. I was crossing my T's, dotting my I's, um, and then dramatic music, and then life happened. <laughs> Can I get a witness? So, 19 years old, world around, and depression hit me like a Mack truck. Um, depression runs strong on my dad's side of the family. And it took me down. It shocked me, and I did not know what had hit me. Um, that was followed by some severe anxiety. In my 20s, I spent them in these cycles of depression and anxiety, and yet I was still driven. I was going after. I was going to change the world. Um, and then mid-20s rolled around, and all of my friends, except one, had gotten married. And I'm like, Biological click clock is ticking here. What's happening? Um, and they were popping. My friends were popping out kids, and thirty starts to roll around. And I'm like, Lord, I can get Christmas cards this next year with four kids in my friends' pictures. But could I just have a boyfriend? Like, would that be okay? Um, so life was not unrolling. It was not happening the way I pictured originally. Um, thirty came and went, and the strange thing in my early 30s, my body just started um, showing signs of a lot of illness and different um, strange symptoms and pain and infections were plaguing my body and I was trying to figure out what was going on with that right about the time I met my husband and we beat a path to the altar as we beat a path to many doctors and specialists trying to figure out what was going on um, physically for me. Uh, we were blessed a few months after we married, 
blessed I got pregnant, which is a miracle. I know many of you in here have struggled with infertility, so I don't take that for granted. I was my, in my mid-30s and sick a lot, but I got pregnant. It was such a joy. But pregnancy um, took me down. It was the straw that broke the camel's back. And um, my body just caved to a lot of crazy health stuff. My son also was born with a lot of health issues. So it was common for us to just chronically be sick um, in our family. It was amazing if we had a week of health. Um, and in that same time, I'm, I'm giving you this sad story, but there's more to come. <laughs> it's better, it's better. Um, but my husband lost his job. We had loved ones pass. It was, it was the crushing of Colleen. But the beautiful thing in that whole journey was that I was learning that God was good and that I could take him at his word. His word was coming alive to me, and I was losing some of those old ideals and dreams that had kind of clogged up my life instead of liberating me and freeing me. I had been so set on my plans, right? Anybody in here resonating with life not looking? <laughs> like, you can raise your hand or nod your head or just sob into the woman's shoulder beside you. <laughs> because I think we've all been there where we're like, this is not what I imagined, right? And it, it doesn't have to be big or dramatic. It can be the day in, day out grind, right? The mundane stuff. Um, the things that we feel like shouldn't take us down. I, one of my heroes, um, woman heroes, is Amy Carmichael. You may be familiar with her. She was a missionary to India and rescued children from temple prostitution. She had just an incredible heart for Jesus. And she wrote, the tests of life are always unexpected things, not great things that can be written up, but the common little rubs of life, silly little nothings, things you are ashamed of minding one scrap. Yet they can knock a strong man over and lay him very low. And I feel like we could all probably relate with that. Just the, the stuff of life, right? Each day can just knock us down, take us down. So I was learning this in the small things and the bigger things that I could take God at his word. That's a huge thing to open up the Bible and say, this promise is for me and this is actually true. And this changes my perspective, right? On the hard stuff. Um, over and over again, I watched God turn the bad stuff into the good stuff. Um, 40 rolled around, and um, then 41, and I was starting to feel a little healthy. We had, my son and I had six weeks of health, and this was a couple of years ago. And I, there was this sneaky little hope. Yes, God turns bad stuff into good stuff, but maybe we've served our time. <laughs> maybe we are going to have a season of health and blessing so um, we had these beautiful six weeks, and life was looking a lot more hopeful. Um, and then one morning, I was showering, and I felt a little tiny bump in my right breast. And I was in the shower and started talking to God. I was like, there's no way this is what it could be, right, Lord? Like, there's no way now that you would do this to us. I stepped out of the shower and just emotionally looked at my husband. I said, what if this is, you know? Um, we started a long process of testing. It was complicated. Documents were lost. Imaging was lost. People didn't cross. Their wires were crossed. Um, and it took 14 weeks 
of um, testing, and I, it was like a part-time job, spending my time on the phone and getting tested. And during that time of wondering, and probably most of you have gone through something like this where you are waiting on test results, right? And it feels like five years. Um, but during that time, God was doing such a neat work in my heart. And at one point, the Spirit strongly impressed upon me, calling this is a gift. Whether it's benign or malignant, this lump is a gift. And like anything, like any gift God gives, I wrestled. Part of me was full of faith. Yes, I believe you, God. This is going to be a good thing, no matter what. And part of me um, was terrified. <laughs> part of me was very, very scared about what could be. Um, at the end of, well, early on in the testing, um, I drove down to San Diego to see a specialist, and I saw an image that day, and I knew it was cancer. I knew. And I walked out, and I called my husband on the phone, and I said, babe, it's, this is it. It's, it cannot be anything other than cancer. And I drove home, and I was trembling. Like, I couldn't stop my body from shaking. And I remember just pouring out my heart to the Lord and saying, if this is where you're going, I want to go with you, but you've got to give me everything I need for this journey. You have to give me more joy and peace than I've ever experienced before because I'm given naturally to anxiety and depression. Um, so I was asking him for big things, and I just, I poured out, you know that scripture, pour out your hearts like water before the Lord. And I poured it out to him. Um, at the 14-week mark, is that three and a half months, um, we sat in my doctor's office and heard the words that you never want to hear. You have cancer. And our world changed in that moment. And I know many of you in here have walked with loved ones through this journey, and you know. And maybe you've had cancer yourself. I have a very dear friend in here. I'm putting her on the spot. but a very dear friend in here that has cancer right now. And we talk, and we just you just get it, right? You just know what this is like to walk through this with someone um, at that point, the hard questions come, right? Suffering forces us to wrestle with God and ask the hard questions. And I love that he's a God that welcomes that. He can take us at our worst. We can blap on him and he can take it. And so I, as I was full of faith and I knew he promised this would be a gift, I, w I spent the first week after diagnosis weeping. I just wept. Um, I couldn't stop weeping. <laughs> I thought of the psalm that says, all of your waves and breakers have swept over me. And that's all I could cry out for a week. Lord, you've, are you really asking more? You know, how's my body that's so ravaged by the last decade going to make it through this? I don't even know how to fight for my life. Like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. Um, so I wrestled with him, but he could take it. And he started doing this amazing work in my heart. Um, and he was proving... Over and over, this is a gift. What I've learned, um, some of you in here have suffered so much more than me. My sufferings have been small, comparatively. And suffering is not a competitive sport, right? It really doesn't need to be like, this is bigger than yours and yours. But I think what we all get to do when we share life together and we can open up about, hey, a couple weeks ago, I had a cold, and it took me down, people. Like, I, I was like, I made it through cancer, and I'm a grumpy, whiny. <laughs> it can just be these small things, right? Um, but what God has been 
working in my heart and showing me over these years through these different challenges is that he always, always, always for his children changes, transforms suffering into blessing. He doesn't waste it. And he, as we open up our hands and so that white knuckled, right? Like, this is what I want from life. This is what I deserve. Um, instead to say, God, you can do whatever. So no matter what, I'm going to say yes to your plan. Your plan's better than mine. I don't get it. It doesn't look right from this side of things, but I'm just going to say yes. And as we do that, and many of you could testify to this, he does something so mysteriously, magically amazing, right? And it's not a churchy answer to say this, but he works all things for good. He does. He just, he takes our little offering, our small, small faith, and he says, I'm going to do something so big with this, you will not know what to do. And he is, he, he always outgives us, right? We will give him a little bit of, okay, I trust you a little bit. Um, and then he outgives us, and he says, just watch me. Um, what God has done through this journey is, he has been freeing me from anxiety. I probably will always struggle with that. That'll probably be just a natural struggle I have till I die. But he's freeing me. He's changing my heart. He never, I'm 43 and I feel like I'm, I'm just learning things I should have learned 20 years ago. I'm a little behind. I'm a slow learner. But he doesn't, he doesn't give up on us. He pursues us to the very end. And so he's working on these areas. And people-pleasing. I used to be so wrapped up in people-pleasing. Half the time now, I could care less. It's so awesome. <laughs> you might hate my sharing today. And I'm like, it's okay. And it used to be wrapped up in my identity, right? Like, oh, I really need people to think well of me and like me. And there's still that in me for sure. That's also going to be a struggle um, for years to come. But I just love that God is vigilant. He pursues us to free us. John Piper said, um, beholding is a way of becoming. And as sufferings hit us, small or big, they cause us to look up and behold God, and then we become a little bit more like him. Right? He, he is about our freedom. He's about our, our joy and our peace. Um, there were times in the midst of the journey, so we're kind of at the tail end of the journey, there's always the chance of recurrence. We're still in the thick of tests and medical bills and calls and all that stuff. But in the thick of it, chemo, three surgeries, all that stuff where you're like, I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if I want to live through it. You know, like those days, you've been there in your own situations too. Um, but there were moments where I thought, I think I'm going to look back on this and think this is the, one of the sweetest moments or seasons of my life because God is so present when we're, he matches, you know, the difficulties in our life with his presence. He uses the scalpel of suffering, big suffering, little suffering, to pry our little kid fingers off our little earth treasures so that we get the real blessings, right? He is such a good, good God, like rubber meets the road, good God. This isn't conceptual stuff, it's real. Um, and I think... As women, we tend to want security and comfort, 
We would like a nice house and a good, successful career and a great marriage and model children and all the things, right? We would love a hot body and youthful looks until we're 90. <laughs> that's what we want, right? But God's like, that's, those are such little, little treasures that ultimately don't satisfy, right? What we long for most is um, God. St. Augustine said, Lord, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. And he will stop at nothing for those he loves to liberate us from the lesser substitute loves. So um, I love that he is worthless. I love that. One thing that I've changed in my mindset, too, is this idea of what I deserve. Um... And God has flipped the question on me. And he, he says, what do you really deserve, Colleen? And it's hell. It's separation from God. It's, an, it's a punishment for my sins, right? Uh, anybody who says, people are naturally good, have not met me. Because that is not true. Like, I, I am so full of pride and vanity and envy and, like, selfish. All the things are present in me. So I testify there's the nature in here. Um, but I love that what I deserved, God took um, and gave his, sent his son Jesus to take all that crap on his body. And if you think about, like a lot of times we'll think about, oh, the cross was such a horrible death, which obviously it was. But a lot of people were crucified, right? But we know the beautiful anguishing suffering of Christ was because he took every single awful thing that's ever happened and put it on his body and bore that agony. And I just think of the evils in the world and the evils I've committed and the evils that have been committed to, to me, against me. And he took that on his body. He bore that. And then he did that out of love so I could be free. He died. And then he came back to life to say, you're free. Death doesn't have a grip on you. Sin doesn't have, it, sin is not your master anymore. And so when I think of my life in those terms, I, how could I demand, well, but honestly, I just really like a nice house and, you know, fat bakage account, all those things. Like, that's crazy, right, when we think about it. Um, and as I've entered in a little bit more with Jesus, and all of you could testify to this, Better is one day with God than a thousand elsewhere, right? Psalm 8410. He is, once you've experienced him, you want more and more and more. And a few things he's been um, revealing to me through this um, couple decades journey and then presently is that, and especially in cancer, when he said, I'm going to give you, this is a gift. The gift was mainly the gift of himself. Right, more and more of himself. And then he added a million other things to that that continued to unfold. But mainly it was the gift of himself. And I just wanted to share with you three, um, as I wrap up, three aspects of God that have drawn me further into him. I love how C.S. Lewis says it in his last book um, in the Narnia series. He says, further up and further in. And I just love that. That's what he draws us further up and further into himself. 
So in the midst of um, chronic illness and cancer, he's shown me that he is the God who heals. And in the thick of those things, I didn't know if he would heal me. I still don't know if there will be long-term healing. But he's doing a bigger work in healing my heart, right, from those sins that, that hold me back and that have me in bondage. He's the God who heals. Um, he's also revealed himself as my Abba, my Daddy. He does not willingly afflict the sons of man, Scripture says. And what, and you all are familiar with this Scripture probably, that when, what father, human father, when his child asks for bread, would give him a stone? Right? My daddy is not going to give me a stone when I ask for bread. He's going to give me his best. And I can trust his daddy's heart for me. And this was a name I started using for him a lot through this journey. I'd never really thought of him as Abba before, but he's been revealing this aspect of himself. He is my daddy. He really tenderly cares for me so deeply. And then he's revealed himself as the God who sees. Um, he saw that first cell when it mutated into cancer. He saw it grow. He saw us going through the testing process. He saw us sitting in the doctor's office and hearing those words, you have cancer. He saw me heaving, dry heaving during chemo, pulling out my hair, and all the things that no one else could really see. He saw. And he sees into your, I, my longing would be that we could just like pull up a chair. That's where I'm most comfortable. And like chat together and I could hear your story. I love stories. I love hearing people's stories. But God sees your story in detail. And he is with you. And he sees the most minute, anguishing moments that no one else appreciates. Or maybe someone else would dismiss and say, that's not a big deal. Suck it up, buttercup. Um, but he's like, I see that. And it matters to me. And I'm tender to your weakness and your emotions, and I'm there with you. Sometimes we get things backward and we start here with us or with each other. We run to each other, right? Which we need each other so much. Community is just such a blessing from God. But he wants us to run into him with all of our junk, with all of our questions, with all of our um, heartache and wondering why and the hard questions. He wants us to run into him. And my encouragement this morning to you, knowing that each of you has something very significant probably in your life right now that's um, threatening to undo you, unravel you, or um, take you down. He is with you. He has everything that you need. And he's happy to be with you. He is never um, put off by your suffering or by your ugliness. We're ugly in the suffering, right? It brings out the, the yucky stuff a lot of times. But he just is so happy to be with you. And I'd love to pray over you as we um, transition to our table time. Jesus, I'm so thankful that you're here with us. That at each table you are present. And that you see into um, the sufferings represented here, big and small. And I pray that you would be revealing yourself even as we dive into your word, that you'd be revealing yourself more to us so that we would know you more and love you more. And we just want to trust you and um, be women who reflect you in every aspect of our lives. So be big for us, God. We love you so much. Amen. 
Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged to move forward in your parenting journey and that you have some practical next steps you can readily apply. Join us again next month for another Mom to Mom podcast.